Hey there, folks. I'm Bryce Holdaway. He is Ben Kingsley, and we are the co-authors of The Armchair Guide to Property Investing, How to Retire on $2,000 per week. We're super excited to bring this new podcast to you where we unpack all of the chapters inside our best-selling book that's now sold over 22,000 copies and counting so that you can design the lifestyle that you want on the way to a passive income of $2,000 per week. So dive in, enjoy each episode as you get the behind the scenes on the best-selling book, The Armchair Guide to Property Investing. All right, Ben, here we are back again. Here we are, Bryce. uh, I'm excited. It's been fun. I'm actually knee-deep in uh, reading the audio book too, Ben. I've been in the studio. Oh, great. I'd be surprised how long it takes to to get through. But... um, Folks, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, we have methodically been going through our best-selling book here, The Armchair Guide to Property Investing, sold over 20,000 copies. So the first Facebook Live, Ben, was doing Chapter 1, Building Your Own Knowledge Base. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 2 was The Psychology of Investing and the uh, you know, the time, target, income and expense. Third chapter, which was, I think, uh, one of the more meatier sections in this particular book. Yep. Uh, we go through a lot of concepts there in Chapter 3. And today we're actually going to pivot to part two, Ben, because part two is now all about the theory. Before, we're talking about the foundations. Yes. But now we're going to talk to the theory. So, so chapter four is exciting. It's uh, the fundamentals of investing, Ben. And this uh, this goes to the heart of your aha moment as to why you were excited about chasing property as a vehicle, Ben. It does, Bryce. I mean, there's a, there's a the lead up to that is really that what is money? Well, in, in effect, money is just a commodity, right? It's the biggest commodity in the world outside of what I would hope to think is love being the number one and most important commodity in the world. But without that, money is everything, right? It sort of dwarfs oil and iron ore uh, tenfold. Uh, it is incredible in terms of the exchange of money going around the world. So we sort of do a couple of scene setting pieces around what is money and then what is wealth. Well, obviously wealth is a way in which you can make that money go to work for you. Um, And we always talk about making that money work hard for you and not leaving any money on the table in terms of getting that money organised and thriving that through our money smarts, which is also part of what we've talked about. But then it leads into, Bryce, one of the most powerful things in the universe, um, which is compound growth. So do you want to take us through compound growth? Yeah, well, compounding uh, is, is really, really powerful because, Ben, we'll, we'll let everyone in on a little secret here. Oh, we're, do, we're actually do. talking about a a get-rich-slow scheme. Correct. We're not talking about a get-rich-quick scheme. Because the power of compounding is that it feels like for, uh, if, you know, if you've ever seen a, a graph, I think we might have one in here, but if you've ever seen a graph when it comes to compounding, it's pretty flat at the beginning and it's not until the very end when Mm. the compounding effect the snowball running down the mountain starts to become significant so when when you um, apply that to property investing it's not until you talk to the people who have been investing for multiple decades ben where you start to see wow they bought that back then in 1978 or they bought that back then in 1986 for that price yeah and now when you compare the value that you've got now you go wow that's actually that's not been linear growth. That's been that's been significantly exponential. So really, that's that's the exciting part about property. You've got that compounding effect, which is essentially saying a uh, dollar at ten percent interest means at the end of the year I've got a dollar and ten. But then on the next year, the interest is actually calculated 
on a dollar ten, not yes. calculated on a dollar. And so that compounding impact over time makes a significant difference. But when you combine compounding and then the cash on cash return, Ben, oh, it comes from leverage. There's, a, there's some powerful words in here, Ben. There's compounding, leverage, and investing. And when you put those three words together, it's just uh, it's just a beautiful thing. That's right. And I, I think the fundamentals of these when it comes to investing, obviously you get two types of returns. You potentially get an appreciation in the asset, um, hopefully not a deterioration or or depreciation in the asset. So you want to try and find assets that are appreciating or businesses that are potentially growing, which means their value is increasing. And then there's profit um, and income in terms of how that might be distributed. So in the share market, we see you get dividends and that's basically surplus cash that's not needed for the businesses paid out to all the shareholders. When it comes to property, it's really simple. It's That's just rental income. So we measure those in two ways, capital growth, um, which then is the compounding component that Bryce was talking about. And the other way in which we measure uh, the yield, or the income, I should say, is what we call a yield measure. So that works out the value of the asset times by the annual return, and then we get to that divided, and we basically get a percentage of that. So they're the fundamentals in terms of what we're trying to achieve. And then we go into property. One of the most powerful things, um, there's two you know, sort of key takeaways for today, and that is the first one is, cash on cash return. So when you put leverage into a conversation, um, and an example that we use inside the book is one about uh, you know, the, the small business owner who, who owns a limo service for, for weddings and, and special events, and effectively he's got one car. Um, he works out that it's gonna take him a while to save up to buy that second car, uh, but he knows that if he gets that second car, he'll get more bookings because if you're going to take the bride, you might as well take the groom and, and the groomsman and the, and, the, and the bridesmaids all in different cars, and that's how you work it out. Uh, then there's potentially the, the, the uh, extended family, the direct family, all those people. So he's worked out or she's worked out that getting another car, but they can't afford it. So what they do is they borrow money and they work out how many bookings they need to get for that car to start making them money. Now, it's no different when it comes to property investing. It's very difficult to be able to save up and pay cash for a property. So in reality, we potentially need to get leverage. Now, leverage is very powerful in the sense that it it amplifies the return that you're going to get. So we want to be really clear that as you amplify that return, you also potentially amplify the risk. So we always talk about making sure that it is productive debt um, and that you also, and while we spend so much time talking about money management, especially in these times, where you make sure you have ample buffers and all of those types of things. So if something does go wrong, uh, you're not forced to sell the asset. But uh, the, um, the cash on cash return table that we have in the book, um, and the camera is not going to do that because it's not auto adjusting, it's on manual. But you can see there, Bryce, you want to take oh, us through that? Ben. Thank you. Well, let me tell you the backstory to that, Ben. We wrote this book. You and I wrote this book in 2015. Yes. We published it in 2016. Here we are in 2020. We are living through a pandemic. And what's really, really good about uh, the the agenda that we set up when we wrote this back in 2015 is uh, so that in 2020, if you picked up this book, it actually would still apply. Mm -hmm. And what we didn't know when we wrote the book is if you picked it up during a pandemic, because uh, I didn't, I didn't anticipate <laughs> living through a pandemic. I've got to say, Ben. No. But if yeah. you do, if you do live through a pandemic, the, these concepts are actually evergreen. So it's been really, really um, nice to 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 revisit that to make sure that um, clearly this is 
This is information that we've been doing over 20 plus years. And um, what's interesting is you and I aren't picking up this book and reading it once a year, right? It's it's part of us. It's part of our DNA. But it's Correct. also nice just to go back and make sure that the words that were coming out of our mouth into the written word um, were still relatable today, which has been nice. But essentially, that that on page 91, and so what you're saying is in that table, it's having $100,000 to invest with no leverage and $100,000 to invest with leverage. Yeah. And it goes through an example to show what the what the what the return is on that hundred thousand dollars cash by adding leverage into it. And I was thinking before about my year nine physics class, Ben, and if you think about a, a seesaw, yep. which has typically got the the fulcrum, Ben, in the middle, so that you've got the seesaw sort of tipping um, equally on either side. But the power of leverage comes if you move the fulcrum from the center of the plank to maybe the 80% down the plank, so you've got 20% on one yep. side yep. and 80% on the other, what you find through that basic physical, um, that physics experiment is is the leverage that you get from that particular setup means that you can lift an object um, that is much, much heavier mm. because you've moved the fulcrum. How they built the pyramids, the Bryce. How they built the pyramids. They worked out that it was leverage. Leverage, no, they had no engineer, they had no scientific calculator back then, Ben. It was just using leverage. So that is essentially what, what it's kind of like for investing. You've moved the fulcrum away from you funding the whole amount to moving it to 80%, where 80% of the power is coming from using other people's money via the bank, and the remaining 20% comes from, Ben, either you, um, you've saved up mm. a cash deposit, or in the wonderful world of equity release, you don't even need to save up for a cash deposit. You might be able to have access to it anyway. But um, for those folks who want to play it along, page 91, you can see exactly this this particular table. Ben and I have had many, many conversations about this. This was your aha moment, Ben. It was. the reason you got into property. Yeah, property is traditionally a low volatile asset. So I wouldn't be advocating for anyone to look at doing any type of leverage into just any asset class. It can be very, very dangerous because um, you can see volatility in certain marketplaces. But when it comes to residential property, the, the confidence of shelter, the land that underpins that, uh, and the history of, of low volatility has meant that you're able to control a bigger asset. And so in this particular case, you've got $200,000 investments. They're both getting the same return, but one has a $400,000 debt, which means that overall the $100,000 has bought you a $500,000 investment asset as opposed to the other $100,000 has bought you just the $100,000 investment. So what that means is that you're getting a 26% return on your $100,000 in cash, even if you are still paying the interest on the debt versus only getting a 10% mm. interest if the return was 10% on both sides. So it was a light bulb moment for me, Bryce, and it took me on a journey in my early 20s to buy my first property, and I haven't looked back since. Yeah, so there you go, folks. So the fundamentals of investing. So we cover off leverage, investing, compounding. We go through uh, what is money. It's a form of barter. It's got an element of trust to it, Ben. Back in 1971, the US dollar was unpegged from um, having gold reserves. Mm -hmm. So effectively, it was uh, at that point then where we just moved into a point of trust. You've actually got Correct. a trust, and part of that is knowing that um, – uh, that, that if you hand over a $100 bill, you're actually good for it. But in some economies, that's not the case. Yep. So we're lucky that we do live in an economy that has a lot of trust around our currency and we trade with 
partners that also have uh, trust in their currency. But um, look, it's around it's around understanding what money is, understanding how to leverage it, and then working out what you can invest in. We and we actually go through here, Ben. We talk about cash, we talk about shares, yes. we talk about a whole range of investments. But risk versus because return. Of that, the power yep. of because of the power of leverage and around that cash on cash return, that's why we've both been excited uh, around property. I fell into that excitement, Ben. I was just more excited about Jan Summers writing on a whiteboard about getting financial freedom, and then I learned some of this stuff along the way after I'd invested. But I just want to round it out before you um, give your closing thoughts on this chapter, sure. Ben. But um, what's interesting here is we put a we put a table that you and I have quoted a fair bit over the journey around how many people buy. Uh, more than one investment property. This is on page 101. Yes. And what's really interesting for a lot of people, if if you see mainstream, or not mainstream, if you see property investment media, all the magazines, all of the digital assets, uh, even listening to our podcast, you think that everyone's a property investor, but the reality is not many people are being. Um, 91% of all property investors, based on the data received from the Australian Taxation Office, as measured by tax returns that are lodged that actually are claiming um, rental income and deductions. 91% Ben, 73 uh, for two, one or two, and 73% of people stop at one Ben, almost three quarters. Yes. Now, having one's better than none, but you're not going to get a passive income on that, are you? No, you're not, Bryce. And I think that also highlights the other critical point, and that is what level of return you're going to get. And, and we get that into the part two and part three of the book when we start to talk about not every asset is created equal. And that's also true about the property market. So we want to also let you know that um, you can't just go out and buy any property asset and, and gear it or leverage it because you could get into a lot of trouble in that. So we want to we want you to understand the concept of demand and supply, the fact that property is bought with a heart for most people who are owner occupiers as opposed to the head. So we've got a lot of a lot left to unpack for you um, as we go through the next chapters in the book. But Bryce, I just wanted to highlight, um, I was whilst you were just talking that through, I, I caught a little note um, from Matt, is it Matt Feely, um, who says to us, read both books and use the system, saving 30% of our income compared to under 5%. Amazing results. Now, what Matt's talking about there is our That's brilliant news. make money That's what we do it, again, our money smart system. That's this is all for you. This is we just want to make sure you don't make the mistakes that we made on our investment journey when we were first starting out. So by imparting this knowledge and paying it forward from two people who are financially free and sharing that knowledge means that the next generation of people can also do that. And people our age who are just starting to think about what retirement looks like for them is also part of that story. So I really appreciate that, Matt, and thank you for sharing that uh, your transformation story in terms of how setting up Money Smarts and then obviously trapping that. And I look forward to hearing more about your property story um, as you choose to, uh, one, buy your big rock in the jar or two, invest in property into the future. Well, Ben, that's exciting to hear stories like that, I've got to say. I'll never, ever get sick of hearing uh, feedback like that. So thanks for sharing. If anyone else has had any similar experiences, we'd love to hear from you. So that's it for me, Ben, on the uh, the, the fundamentals of investing. Uh, next chapter we're going to go through, Ben, the property investment formula. So mm. folks, stick around for that. If you, it gets if you very have interesting who you think might benefit forward. from this, why don't you send them over to our Facebook page. They can, they can catch up. You can see the first three chapters they can clearly watch the replay of today ben and then next week we are going to have a go at the property investment formula 
Mate, this is fun. I've uh, yeah, I love enjoyed it. Uh, going through this uh, with you, sort of talking about the highlights and talking about some of the backstories part of it. But, uh, mate, the property investment formula of the next chapter is a um, that's the four pillars you need to master. It's something that people should get their head around. And if you've got any interest in property investing whatsoever, you should catch that one. Terrific. Look forward to it then. Until then, bye for now. But just remember, if you want to get a copy of the book, jump on there right now. Hey there, folks. Bryce here again. Just want to check in to say thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the podcast. Hopefully, it's adding some value and building a story on how you can create a $2,000 per week passive income in retirement so that you can design the lifestyle that you really want to achieve. Now, I'm super excited to say that I'm keen to get a copy of the book into your hands and I've made it super simple for you to be able to do that because Ben and I have bought a copy for you. We've paid for it and all we need you to do is give us two things. One, tell us the address on where you'd like us to send it anywhere in Australia and two, pay for the shipping to send it to you because we'll pay for the book if you pay for the shipping. So it's really simple. Just go to the armchairguide.com.au, leave your details there, and we will rush a copy out to you ASAP. And don't worry, given that you love audio because you're a podcast listener, we've got that solved too because you can actually get access to the audio book as well. Once you put your details in for a small fee, you can upgrade to get the audio book version so that you can listen whilst reading along at home. So get yourself a copy, go to thearmchairguide.com.au.